Welcome back to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players by trumpet players and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the conical conundrum, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. Now in our second season, the World Trumpet Federation is still going strong. We've got the information needed by a discerning trumpet community. Insightful articles, how-to videos, Joey's even more famous blog, and the rules are all right at your fingertips. Get on over to www.worldtrumpetfederation.com and send your students to. Behind that tough acronym facade, we are totally PG and family-friendly. And by Diversify the Stand and their exciting new project, Winds of Change. Diversify the Stand's first solo collection for trumpet and piano. Just go to www.diversifythestand.org and check it out. Digital and pre-orders are open now, and the book ships on November 1st, 2021. The project features 12 composers who give the performer an opportunity to explore their musical voice in this progressive trumpet solo collection. Uh, This book provides accessible educational pieces by living composers for players of all skill levels. Whether the student is in their first few years of study or an advanced player, Winds of Change is perfect for any trumpet soloist, and these works are ideal for performing in any setting, including school solo and ensembles, contests, competitions, recitals, and more. Ashley Killam and Carrie Blosser are doing amazing work to bring the music of diverse voices to the forefront to be enjoyed by everyone. The Open Bell is honored to partner with Diversify the Stand and support this incredibly important vision. So please go on over to www.diversifythestand.org and order your copy of Winds of Change today. The Open Bell podcast has been on hiatus, and we recovered from a grueling season one that offered 50 full-length episodes for your listening enjoyment. So as a reminder, our show is comprised of three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to address, arrange, and articulate, no offense me, information that we acknowledge is important to an acclimated, acute, and afflicted trumpet community. Ah, it's good to be back. Gentlemen, shall we? Warming up is a segment that allows us to ease into the show with some things that have been on our minds. And our sponsor, ChopSaver, is still on board. That's right. ChopSaver is the world's greatest lip treatment because we say so and because it's made with all natural ingredients. (laughs) And who do we have to thank for that? Dan Gosling. That's right. The Prince of Protection, the Lip Care Laureate, the Champion of Chops, Dan Gosling. Don't don't start out season two by doing it wrong. Go to ChopSaver.com and order yours today. And listen, Dan would love to help you outfit your entire studio, marching band, or even your brass band with state-of-the-art lip care. Oh, hey, Brian, are you ready to offer up some BBBS, which, of course, stands for Brass Band Information? (laughs) Hold on. Can we get back to Lip Care Laureate? That's really good. Well done, my friend. Thank you. He's had the whole summer to think it up. But yet, I just used it this afternoon. (laughs) That's right. First time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think everybody would be glad to know that we took all of their comments um, and uh, helpful hints, and we've changed absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. We're sticking to our guns. That's right. (laughs) We like the way we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And so do the six people who are listening. (laughs) Okay, so um, welcome back, everybody, and it's great to, to see you guys as well. Um, which Here's a question for you. Which of the top five baseball movies 
makes reference to cornet playing. Now wait a second. No, hold Just, on a second. So we're, we're so wait so we're clear. Hold on. The f- top five baseball movies in order. Are you are... going to say this is a definitive no. list? Because I'm already <laughs> yes. arguing. This with is you. <laughs> this is no. It. This is going to be order. definitive. I can tell. Bull Durham. That's not number one. Field of Dreams. That's not a baseball movie. League of Their Own. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> Sandlot. Sandlot? And, and The Natural. I like Brian's list. So, yeah. So That's just so we're clear. So which okay. of those makes reference to cornet playing? I don't I think Joey's s- ready to move on. No. <laughs> First of all, that Field of Dreams I, is a great movie. Great it's movie. not a baseball movie. It's a great baseball movie. It's, it's not a, a baseball, baseball movie. movie. It's, a, it's a movie that has baseball in it, but it's not a baseball movie. <laughs> All right, Brian. The money's in the. This ex, he said exactly what you said that he would say. The, yes, exactly, exactly the way he said it. Yep, I love it. I'm it's so perfect. mad at you guys. League of Their Own <laughs> is the best baseball movie of all time, and it's not close. That's the, that's the number three. It's number on one. the list. <laughs> Wrong list. So you're okay, saying so well, one of those movies makes one reference of those. to cornet playing? Yeah, it makes reference to cornet playing. So it actually, it's it's actually if you had watched the documentary about the making of and sort of the backstories about the players. So I'll I'll just let you in on it. So it turns out that Scotty Smalls, who was um, played by Thomas Isguri, he's the one who is killing them, right? Yes. So it turns out that when he moved, that he moved as a struggling cornet player in his. Um, in his local band, um, and that uh, that it was sort of his way into not being socially ostracized in the same way that baseball was his way into making friends. Um, of course, he was not good at either one. So kids, practice both, and then you'll have two circles of friends who, ex- who accept you. But most importantly, practice cornet. That's my warming up. Wow. <laughs> this yeah. is... This is incredibly problematic. <laughs> you're you're now saying that we should we should reference the Sandlot because we have someone in that that is both a bad baseball player and bad cornet player. Exactly, and well, that's former where bad cornet player. That's how you yeah. want to start off season two. Struggling cornet player. player. Struggling. Yeah, I think that you inferred all that. Yeah, that's great. Wow. And and, well, and, and welcome and, back. League of Their Own is is the best baseball movie of all time. It's not close. So. There's a great. That's a great movie. It is a great. I, movie. I don't know that it's the best ever. It's on the list. It's on the list. But hey, looking on the bright side, uh, it wasn't about brass band tonight. <laughs> that's right. It wasn't about yet. But we'll get to that. We got plenty <laughs> of time. Okay. Here it before comes. we leave, we got we fifty leave more Brian, episodes. Before we leave, here Brian's it comes. Corner here. Uh, you know, we're in the first week of school here. One of my students came in today. We're talking about senior recital. Uh, she said, I really want to play the Hanson Sonata and pulls out her cornet. Oh, well, yeah. Pulls out her father's cornet. I love That's it. That's cool. That's fantastic. I said, I, I said, we're recording tonight. I'm going to tell her. He's, Brian's going to be happy with this. I'm so happy. Yeah. So we, we went through the first movement, kind of we're on, Outstanding. on, on cornet. Yeah. Doing it That's right. Great. Doing love it right. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Joey, what do you have for us? Well, as, it, as we have had a break and we do operate on the academic calendar, I just wanted to mention how cool it was to actually get out and play a bit over the summer. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was back up at Birch Creek at the end of July, where I've been going for 24 years now. And we did, you know, we had, uh, it was smaller this year. And we did the concerts out in front of the barn, not inside the barn. 
but we you know we did two full weeks of, of teaching and playing and it was great to be back there and doing that and then a couple weeks ago i was uh up in pittsburgh um Pittsburgh Symphony has recently hired Byron Stripling as their principal pops conductor. So he's yes. bringing in some serious, you know, kind of some big bandy type pops. And so they had me out uh, for a weekend to come play with them, which was really just great. Uh, Neil Bernston was there and Michael Wilkinson, whose principal was there to play third over the weekend. Great section, a great hang. No offense to you personally, Brian. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds terrible. But, you know, I, uh, it's just good to be out and playing again, you know, uh, and, mm-hmm. and I hope. You know, we have to discuss this in, de- in depth here, but I know we all still have some worries, and justifiably so. I know I do, but uh, I hope that we can continue because there's some there's some good things coming up that I, I hope get to keep happening. Well, those aren't the only gigs you did. No, you also recently did a quintet job, right? It was a it was a quartet. Quartet. But I I, I did play a bar mitzvah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty interesting. And I also you did a Fourth of July concert on July third. In, yes. in Brockway, Pennsylvania. That's right. The epicenter of big that's band jazz. Right. That's where Bill. it all happens. With me. Yeah. Standing right there cheering them on. That's the first time we played from, this in a from big the third band book. section together. Yeah, it was. was it was fantastic. Was no, that was a good hang. That was the good. band did not know what hit them. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it was that was a lot of fun. That was a good time. It was fun. Wow, John Cougar Mellencamp, Brockway, Pennsylvania Big Band, and yeah. a bar mitzvah. Yeah. In the same I like year. to cover a lot of bases. Wow. Yeah. And you do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's Bill, cool. Bill, what do you got for us today? Well, you know, I, I thought about this. I, I'm going to talk about something very academic, but I thought, you know, we didn't, we're not prepared to give an update on the retreat, on the World Trumpet oh, Federation right. retreat. And we that's... we probably should do that and post some pictures or something. We really should. Yeah, <clears> it was a, a lot retreat. of stuff. I mean, obviously, it's going to come out in the show because we've got new topics and new ideas that, you know, we had during our business meetings. But And you almost killed us on the bikes. I did not. That was I took it easy on you guys. Do we have video guys. of the cramping? <laughs> we have some great shots of the cramping. Yes. Yes. Well, not to mention you making us ride up a mountain. I mean, geez. it was That's barely right. a hill. When's that time trial, Bill? Uh, end of September. There we go. I'll be spectating that. Um, but I did want to talk about. Here we are, back to school, and ensemble auditions are underway. Right. Yeah. Yes. And it's a time where you know, like. Students devote a lot of time to come in and hoping for the best. But but I just wanted to say, like, there's something to learn in every chair, right? So it may not have completely gone your way. Maybe you didn't get principal. But, man, there's so many great roles to play out there as a professional that you can learn something no matter where you're sitting. And so, you know, don't be disappointed if it didn't go exactly the way you wanted. Get get what you can get out of the situation and, and learn to be a good side man, be, learn to be a good section player and, you know, Make the most of the situation. And if you ever get to play with Trombamundi, you're leading from the third chair anyway. And you should learn <laughs> that that's you what happens. Learn that's how to do that. It's where the oh, magic that's happens. That's the way it works. Yeah, yeah. it's very true. It is interesting as, you know, we're teaching uh, college students. So these are these are good ensembles. You know, most of these ensembles are filled, if not all, mostly with music majors. So the idea that I'm not in the ensemble, maybe that I really thought I really want to be in that ensemble, or I'm not playing the exact chair because I really want to be playing that chair in that ensemble. Right. Sure, but wow, uh, wherever you can be. I'll tell you what, my junior year of college, you know, one of the things I really wanted to do is go play lead. And what I got was the assistant lead chair, but in the top jazz band. And the guy who was playing lead was a very capable trumpet player. So he wasn't, he wanted to be doing the same thing. So he wasn't passing an awful lot. So what I was doing a lot that year was playing fourth trumpet in a big band, 
which was not at the beginning of the year what I wanted to be doing. But boy, playing in that band and then playing that role in that section, invaluable as far as a learning experience. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I had a thing, you know, this is the first first couple days here after auditions happen and lists were posted. And I had a, had a student, you know, one of my trumpet students today who was having a hard time, got mm -hmm. to the lesson. And I was like, okay, let's talk about it. You know, it's all about the auditions and all that. So I thought, okay, here it comes. I'm upset about the way that the auditions went. I was like, so are you, do you, do you feel like that you, you know, the results weren't what you deserved? And they were like, oh no, I totally deserved it. I'm upset that I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset that I just didn't do better, at, you know, in the, in, while I was away, I should have done So I was like, wow, what a way to own that yeah. thing. Didn't want to complain about the seating, wanted to complain about, you know, letting themselves down that, that, that happened. So. Oh, absolutely. It's a learning experience for yeah, sure. Yeah, that it is every and time. And that's the hard part. That I've told my students, the only time you really get to be upset is when you go in there and you and you put out a poor uh, representation of your playing. If you go in there and play like you play, okay. It's out of your hands at that point. You you don't get to make the decision. But if you walk in there and like, oh, I didn't really practice this like I should have over the summer. I really should have taken some more time to go in there. I didn't really play my best. Well, then you don't get to complain about the audition. You right. didn't give it your best shot, and that's yeah, what yeah. your student did. Good for your student. Oh yeah, I mean it was Terrific. it was like really affirming. I still felt bad, you know, because you try to say like, "Look, it's okay. We learn from this." But, but man, what a what a refreshing yeah. perspective on it. You that's know, that's good. So that's very good. So I know you guys are. You're probably wondering what is up tonight because we didn't really discuss it. But I I kind of was going to go Joey Jeopardy, and then I thought, no, we're going to stick to our roots. Backboard bingo. And the best thing about this episode of Backboard Bingo as I was writing it is I realized that neither one of you have a shot of getting any of these questions right. <laughs> and this that's is what not, I love about the, it. Nothing right. has changed. That's nothing right. because <laughs> Season two, same. Unless same. this has anything to do with Brian's dad's birthday, I'm out. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not giving you any more birthday <laughs> questions ever. It's just unfair to Brian. But, oh, my God. But as you know, our sponsor tonight, and we're super excited about this, is Diversify the Stand. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah, Ashley Killam and Carrie Blosser are doing amazing work there. And, and of course, as Dr. Carrie Blosser to you. Doctor, yeah, yeah, right. My first student ever to get a doctorate, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, anyway, this new project, the Winds of Change book, yeah. will be shipped out on November 1. And I thought what I would do is come up with some questions about the book. Oh, gosh. Which isn't out yet. Exactly. But I happen to know but the information. He has, a, he has like an advanced copy, of course. Hold on I a don't, second. <laughs> no, now stop opening your email. This does not sound okay to me. This is going to be great. All right, are you ready? Backboard no. Bingo, no. the Diversify the Stand edition. Question says, one. You are Fold asking, written all over it. Oh, by the way. You are asking us about a book that isn't published yet. It's not published yet. It comes okay. out on November 1. But you guys, I think you're going to enjoy this. Joey, get your horn. All right, question one. <laughs> You're going to have me play excerpts of solos that aren't published? That yeah. Aren't published. In, in bar 13, what do you think the composer... Oh, man. <laughs> okay, question one. Composer Marcus Grant is featured in Winds of Change, the new book by Diversify the Stand. Which of the following is the title of his composition, of his contribution? Are you ready? Oh, a, Sonata for Trumpet. B, Musings on a Theme by Handel. C, Leopard's Pursuit, D, The Trumpeter's Quest. 
This hurts. It's C. No, no, Marcus is actually a former student of mine. I know. <laughs> and you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen the book or the piece. Right. Uh, but you do know his father's birthday. Of course. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> you're going with C, Brian? It's definitely C. I'm going to go. With, I'm going with B then. Musings on a theme by Handel. Joey, you going with that B? Sure. Brian is going with C, Leopard's Pursuit, and Brian is right. Oh, <laughs> boom. Wow. Come Nailed on. it. <laughs> wow. So the little I know about this, I'm intrigued already, right? These, yeah. these, you're going to see titles, very a lot of imagery here. It's really well, great. Well, I need to talk to our band guys. As uh, Marcus has written a couple of things before this, and he contacted us uh, two years ago, and I was supposed to play last school year one of Marcus's pieces with the wind ensemble, and of All course right. we had no large ensembles. So I got to see right. if I can get we can get back on the on the uh, oh, roster wow. for that. I was, we, we, he was going to come out, you know, he's so, an alum, and we, it was going to be great. Solo trumpet and band. Yes. What was the piece? What was it called? That's a good question. Okay, I'll, we'll we'll follow you up. You know how I am with titles. Hold right. on, let me see if I can find <laughs> it. Right. I think it was a fantasy, fantasy of passage. Oh, if I remember right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Question two. By the way, fifty points to Brian. Hold on, fifty. We yeah. got the points for season <laughs> well, two. It's season two. Man. All right. Question two. Composer Hyai Kyung Lee is also featured in Winds of Change. Her exciting new composition for trumpet and piano is titled A, Scherzo for Trumpet and Piano, B, A Castle in the Sky, C, Horizons, D, The Promise of Morning. I like the castles one. I like that title. I'm going to guess that one. You're going to go Castle in the Sky, Brian? I like it. I like it. <clears throat> Is it, is it Horizons? I don't actually know. Brian's going again with C. I'd love to see your SAT scores. Um, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Uh, no, you wouldn't. I'm not publishing mine either. Uh, Joey, right in the mi middle. Joey, Castle Joey, in the yeah. Sky, you got it. Nice. Outstanding. I li 30 I like points for Joey. Wait, 30, hold on a second. 30, 30 I points. thought we were going for 50 now. Well, that was question one. It's 50. <laughs> question two is 30. It's always that way in backboard bingo. It's, have you never played bingo before? Do you know how bingo is there works? a card involved the in this? <laughs> there's, a, there's points. <laughs> there's, there's no card, but there's points. Okay, question, th question three. I can't even speak now. Composer Alonzo Malik Pirio's contribution to Winds of Change is A, evolving landscapes, B, the mountains ascend, D, seascapes. Hold on. Or, you just said A, B, D. No, sorry. C, seascapes, or D, Landfall. Hold on. Now I'm confused. Take a, us that again. You went A, B, and then D. And I, I, I know. Not, and I know you guys have your doctorates, but I'm nowhere near A, B, D. <laughs> <laughs> that was the inside joke, and you got it. Ten Thank points. You. A, evolving landscapes. <laughs> <laughs> B, the mountains ascend. C, seascapes. D, landfall. A. Brian? D, landfall. Joey, A. Wow. Question three, two points. Hold on, wait, for hold evolving on a landscapes. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> How am I still behind 50, <laughs> what, 30, you, 42? Well, you're answering the wrong questions correctly. 
That's how it is. <laughs> I knew it. Somehow can we appreciate? Can we appreciate how many great titles Bill's come up with? No, those are good. Those good. Was, He's got these locked and loaded. Okay, I, mean, I will tell you. I will tell you. After another, I, I guessed at the castle one, but I thought landfall. There's no way that was it. No. And sea seascapes. There's no yeah. way he was doing that either. I, I had a hard time uh, not saying landfill. Exactly. Every or time. Land, or landmark. A landmark. Landmark. Mm, definitely. Okay. Question four. Composer Karen Amrine was asked by Ashley and Carrie to contribute to Winds of Change. Her new work for trumpet and piano is titled A, Effervescence, B, Fancy Free, C, Tales from the Coast, or D, Aloft. Where's Karen Amrine from? Isn't it Katie? Oh, is it? I think. Sorry, I had Karen. Maybe it is Katie Emmerich. I think. If so, apologies to Katie. She's a killer player in New York. Oh, she's in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. Give me those titles one more time then. Sure. A, Effervescence. B. I like, I like that title. I know. It's great, isn't it? B, yeah. Fancy Free. C, Tales from the Coast. See, that's Adam. And she's from New York. I'm D, Aloft. Fancy Free. I think it's Effervescence. I don't actually know. Effervescence is a great title, but it's fancy free. Joey, wow. amazing. Look at that. It's Another amazing. point for Joey. What? Wait, wait. What? How am I only getting one point? <laughs> it's 50 34. <laughs> this is outrageous. <laughs> I love this game still. Brian came out strong. So, Brian, correct me here. Is it Katie or Karen? I, I'm looking for I think her email look it up. address. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Question five. Winds of Change features what new composition by composer Devin Clara Fanslow? Is it A, Morning Breaks, B, Summon Light, C, Andante and Rondo, or D, Sonatina for trumpet and piano? Okay, I'm, now I'm getting somewhere. What's the first one? Morning Breaks. I think it's Morning Breaks. Brian? What was D again? D was Sonatina for trumpet and piano. That one. Uh, the answer is Summon Light B. No, I don't Neither think so. one of you got it right. I don't think that's right. <laughs> but Brian answered second, so 10 points for Brian. Hold on a second. 60. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, listen, you're really going well. You I have was a chance definitely to make closer. Yeah, there's light in the morning. And so, A yeah, is you closer, were closer to B than D is. That's right. Unless you go A, B, I, D, C, be... which is the way I letter things. Which is. Which you so St- acutely pointed out. All right. Bonus question. Which famous trumpeter received more mentions than any other over the course of the Open Bells Season 1's 50 episodes? You don't, you don't know this. I do. I have, all the, I have all the stuff. What do you mean by mentions? What trumpet player was mentioned more, was the subject of more discussion, was brought up more than any other trumpet player across Season 1? Do we have choices here? No, these are no choices. You just got to know this one because it's pretty obvious, I think. Say this again. What trumpeter was mentioned? Which famous trumpeter? Which famous trumpeter received more mentions than any other over the course of season one's fifty episodes? Okay, so famous trumpeter. So not mm-hmm. anybody like you know we we make fun of Scott Belkin awful lot in here, but he doesn't count. No, no, no. Like <laughs> real trumpet players. <laughs> Did you just say Scott's not a real trumpet player? <laughs> we might have well, you, some objections. You, you were egging me on. No, you're Queen's, on the right track. The like, Queen's no, City. no, of course, Scott's amazing. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, 
Trump, yeah. Trump and famous maybe famous people. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Anton Weidinger. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Joey. We bring up Vince a lot. I'm going to go with Vince Martino. <laughs> it's Anton Weidinger. That was the answer. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes. Actually, I didn't count, but I just wanted someone to say Anton Weidinger in the first episode. And I'm I knew objecting. Brian would do it. <laughs> I am totally objecting to this line All of questioning. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. You're out of it order. Is, it is He's Kate. Out of order. This Brian, whole show's it, out of order. It is what? It is it's, Kate. I'm yeah. so sorry. Kate Amron. Yep. So check out Winds of Change because Kate's got a piece in there called Fancy Free. Actually, Joey guessed correctly. So one of the 12 new compositions. So that's great. Katie, sorry about uh, the Karen thing. We're back. Are we sure that's the person <clears throat> that, it, that there aren't two different people? Um, Hold on. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to go. You guys talk among yourselves. I'll be right there. I'm going to check my Diversify the Stand email. The Winds of Change. She's super email. nice. She would never be considered Karen. This is Awakening. It says in the email from Ashley and Carrie, Karen Amron. Well, her, her website is www. It could be two different people. It could be two different people. There could be two different people. It could be. Yeah. That could be a thing. We want to get things right here. Well, you know what we'll do is we will we'll follow up on that in, in episode uh -oh. two. Sorry, episode fifty-two. Fifty-two. We will uh, we'll bring that up. I could easily send a text and figure it out too. There is a Karen Amron. Yes, there is. Well, there you go. Could be just two. Pe it could be two. They're reading specialist in Marietta City Schools. There we go. Okay. We will find, we'll find out. I just texted Dr. Blosser and uh, might get a response. We will see. All right, boys, time for a couple things. As our resident polymath, Joey Tartell often says words have meaning or words matter or something like that dealing with words anyway the point is that vocabulary we use to talk about music making and in particular the trumpet is sometimes hard to well define so today we want to talk about the ways that we define great playing what are the qualities of great playing this is a good one especially around the beginning of the year when we're talking about auditions because there are times students come in and say well i didn't miss any notes how come i didn't do better in that audition <laughs> so as you know, um, I like to oversimplify. So for me, uh, we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, what makes great playing is essentially two things and two big broad categories for me. We can, you guys can disagree, we can argue, we can break these down in, uh, further, not farther, because there is no distance involved in breaking these things down. Please remember that. But there's two things that define great playing for me. One, playing the instrument well you know, operating the trumpet machine at an extremely high level. Mm -hmm. And then two, making great music. If you're doing both of those things, you are playing great. If you're doing both of those things at the highest level, that's really all there is for that, right? Is there more than that? What am I missing? No, no I think that's, I think I you're think on that's it. right. <clears throat> when, when you're listening... What's what is it about their playing that's that speaks to you? What is it um, that speaks to you about their their technique and their command over the instrument? You know, when we heard uh, Tina play 
up close. You know, what is it about her playing that's that's so remarkable? I mean, the first thing you notice is sort of the beauty of the sound. Um, then you sort of notice the the beautiful line and musical connection. And then for me, you just like, wow, that seems completely effortless. Right. It looks so easy for her. You know, and that's certainly true of her. But for different players, it can be different things. Right. Right. Because okay. there are yeah. there are some players that are great players that it doesn't look effortless, but it still has a factor of, wow, that's incredible and amazing. You know, but I, I do think that there's something to the first thing we notice every single time. And we've talked about this a lot because it's true is sound. The quality of sound that coming out is the first thing anybody notices about anyone's playing. You hear That's it right. and think, wow, there's something to that sound. There is a brilliance. There's a vibrancy. There is a, you know, it's, it's a, a full it's a clarity there. And, you know, it is singing. You know, you want, you want those kind of qualities in your sound so that people, here's what just happened in Pittsburgh, right? So, uh, you know, I'm playing lead trumpet. It's a very big bandy show. So we're in a pretty tight uh, outdoor shell. So um, oh, I'm not going to remember names, but the woman who's in the orchestra, she was playing uh, assistant principal trombone was right. I mean, the back of her chair was touching my stand she, for the concert. And she said, well, you know, be nice because, you know, I'm playing lead trumpet and I giggled. I'm like, sorry, because it was a screaming show. And at the end of the show, she turned around and I said, I hope that wasn't. Too she goes, no, that wasn't. That was that was great. That was fine. That was really good. And because there's a sound concept that goes with lead trumpet playing that is often very directional and very uh, overly, maybe overly bright and piercing that if yeah. you're too close to can literally hurt. I don't try, I, I try not to conceive of it that way and I don't play that way, but lots of other lead players do. So you want to have, and I'm not saying my way is better, I'm just saying it's different. Mm -hmm. But there's then, so there can be people who have a wild, a wide variety of different sounds that can all be great. There isn't just one kind, one sound you know, when I've talked to students about this, like think about, you know, we've often used, you know, Phil Smith and his orchestral recordings. There is an amazing sound, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We also lis love listening to Doc Severinsen and his big band recordings. That is also an amazing sound. Those are not the same sounds, <laughs> right. but they're both <laughs> great and compelling. They're both full and clear and vibrant and resonant, but they're certainly different. Yeah. Right. So there's not just well, one way to do it. Yeah, and th this leads me to my my thing, which is I want to hear informed playing. <laughs> All right, so, so define informed for I, us. I, I'm going to. So that is in, informed by by the right style and by making really great decisions about about style and like you're saying, the right sound to use. It is. It's more than just on or off, right? Or off or stun, as we'd like to say. You know, two <laughs> settings, right. off and stun. But knowing that someone. Um, can play with context, right? You could play within context. It's it's different to play a jazz style than it is to play a classical style or however, however you want to frame it up. But if you know if someone understands exactly what they're trying to say, or if a player, especially a student, has something to say about a piece. Right? Now, having something to say about a piece, would that help if there were some text that went along with any of these people <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself now that's just crazy talk all right we'll come back we'll that, circle. let's we'll put a pin in that and circle back later. At, maybe week three okay just just or, just saying or, or next week since the socials are blowing up maybe yep. next week it's happening <laughs> it's happening we'll get there and and in the meantime i just want you guys to sit and contemplate what you've done there it is all right <clears throat> 
But yeah, I mean, informing by not just getting, like you're saying, operating the trumpet machine well, which is, we talk about that all the time, but then what's, you always know when a player has something else to say or has gone beyond that. And whether it's in a recital setting or in an ensemble, those are the great players to be around and listen to, right? Does that explain informed enough? I think so, but let's go a step uh, further for the people listening that go, okay, I'm not sure if I'm informed or not, which probably mm -hmm. means you're not, just no offense to you, but that's <laughs> what that would mean. To you personally, How do you yeah. get informed? Well, I, I think you start initially, like you're saying, you want to operate the trumpet machine well. So you inform yourself by listening to great players who play well, and you move toward that level of ease and that level of tone production and technique and all of that. But then informing the rest of it, that's when you really start listening to what somebody does stylistically and the decisions they make about articulation and tone color and phrasing and all of those things. And now you start to be informed by those extra things. And then I think the third step is the extra musical things that inform you, right? It's right. context in history or how it relates to something else artistic or, you know. But in that second step before you go to the extra musical, sure. I think something that gets left out an awful lot on, for lack of a better term, the classical side of trumpet playing is play with those recordings, emulate and copy, <clears throat> right? Listen yeah. to, you know, I, I, I tell students this all of the time, just play along with it. If you're matching, you know, if mm -hmm. you're playing Haydn in your favorite recording of the Haydn trumpet concerto and you're in your matching, whoever that is, right? You're, you're, if that's a great recording, you're right. But not just yeah. matching the right notes in the right order, but you're matching where those breaths go, where that phrase, where that phrase leads to and comes away from how that trill speeds up or slows down, where that crescendo and decrescendo go. Right. Those so, are the things you have to match. Let me give you a real life example of someone who I think is posting a bunch of stuff and is an informed musician, not just a trumpet player, but a informed musician. Young trumpet guy just got the job in D.C., Josh Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. there's a Josh great plays, example. Josh plays great. Josh plays. I met Josh when he was still in high school, right? <laughs> so to watch him, I mean, amazing trumpet playing. Um, but the stuff he posts with mute choices and mouthpiece choices and different horns that he use, is using on things, he's informed. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what he's trying to emulate right style right vocabulary right he's always in the right conversation i'm impressed by him but he has also posted essentially transcriptions which is exactly what i'm talking about right like i'm going to play with this recording along yes. with it over the top so that he is matching which informs you and then gives you that vocabulary and gives you that those not just the technical skills but the musical skills so that when you are in a position to make a decision you have a reference point right right yeah, I, I agree completely. So I, a student a few years ago, had a great conversation. Let's, her initials are um, Hannah LaPosa. Yeah, and sure. <laughs> so Hannah, great trumpet player, but would get in that situation, whether it was an audition or a recital setting or whatever it happened to be, and would just wouldn't commit, was trying to be careful, right? But yet was capable in a lesson setting or the practice room of just going for it. And I finally said to her, you you have to be willing to advocate for yourself musically. So she's standing there kind of like, you know, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. So it was like, <laughs> you know, I love it. Great question. In other words, you have something to say. You're really well prepared. You're really well informed. You understand this French style of this solo and this piece, but yet you let these other things get in the way of you doing that. There's, so there's a level of confidence, I think, that comes along with 
being informed and then being willing to just put it out there. You want to be right more than you want to be. Uh, you want to be right by in other people's eyes and ears rather than showing what you really think about a piece. Yeah, I mean, it can be scary. You have to yeah. you have to make some decisions and you have to you know put your heart on your sleeve um, and and play it the way you play it, the way you want to play it. And I, I think it's important to make to make that leap. I think in the studio, we have to give students space to make their own decisions um, because I think that's how the even if they make a what what I might consider a stylistically wrong decision, I think it's important that they exercise flex that creative muscle to make a musical decision and to feel willing to make a musical mistake um and so that they you know in an etude or a solo and then you can show them some different options that maybe they hadn't considered um and i think that they can it's not just about imitating it is about imitating i mean in large measure certainly at the, at the beginning when i was learning haydn um and and I was playing along with the Maurice Andre recording. And I, I, in the part at the end of a phrase, it's got a quarter note. And the sound on the record keeps going <laughs> after the quarter note. And I'm right. like, well, what's that about? And he's doing this long taper. And you, you, if, you're, if you're listening really carefully, and I think it's, um, you know, Bill, you sent me the Keith Johnson book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he is, his, his big thing about listening super carefully I'm not sure that um, enough students do that enough, um, but really getting inside what happens on that particular note at that particular point in the phrase, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's I think that's super important. But then giving students space to flex that muscle and help them negotiate where they can make those decisions, I think that's an important role that the teacher plays. Absolutely, I, there are times where I'll sit down and, we're, we're especially working through uh, you know, etudes and solos, say okay. So show me the first phrase or mm-hmm. you breathed here. Tell me why instead of here, make the case so that it's not just like, I mean, I needed a breath. So I took a breath. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. We want to make, and I say this a lot. I want to make musical decisions, not trumpet decisions. So I want to, yes. I want to make that happen. But uh, so my favorite piece and w- with regard to this is Honecker's Entrada. I think a lot of the recordings out there, are phrasing this in a way that makes no musical sense to me whatsoever. And some mm-hmm. really, really good players. So I've had students come in, and I've had some very strong students come in and said, all right, so tell me why you're doing it this way. And most of the time they're like, uh, I don't know. Or, well, I heard it that way in a recording, which can be a valuable way. Because what you're saying, the younger you are, the less experience you have, probably the more you want to copy because you don't have that information. Yes. right? So we're talking about being informed. To be informed, you have to get information. So if you have zero information, copy. That's your best. That's probably your best way to go. Right. And as you gain more and more information, then you get to flex that mu- muscle more and more. Yep. Yeah. So I say, all right, but what about? And I'll say, look at it this way. Does this make musical sense? And they're like, huh. And then they'll try and go, yes, but that's technically more challenging. I'm like, sure, <laughs> right. but it's worth the work if it's musically, if it makes more musical sense. It's worth doing the extra technical work to get there for me. Right. Now, I know we have we kind of do have our agenda set, but maybe next week following this conversation is the perfect time to talk about the new my new studies, because this you thing have, that wait, you have new studies. Yeah, I have new studies. Oh. Yeah. Can, do you want to tell us a little about that? that? You want to give a little, no, little tease? A little teaser. No? Let's just say we'll talk about it next week. But okay. as you know, as you know very well, new book. I, I think what <laughs> what 
I, I wanted to circle back to what Brian was saying, which is, you know, it's like when your students come in and you realize, oh, no, wait, I have to teach this person how to practice. Yeah. We can't assume that students know how to practice. And then, then this step in between, like, we work to help them prepare and shape and build an etude into performance, right, to a state where it's ready to perform. But what about that process? Like, and not just engaging them in that decision making, but why do we decide what we decide? And what are the things that inform that? And that's that, that's that process, I think, that should be built into every lesson. But more than just making good decisions so they can see what we do, really talking about, Joey, is what you're saying, like why that's worth it and yeah. why it's worth taking a chance. Yeah, yeah and how we make and those decisions make, and why. And mm-hmm. that's the huge part, you, uh, to yeah. actually make a decision, not just play along and kind of do it a- out of habit or, well, that's the way it always is, so whatever, you know. I, I don't like, well, we do it that way because we've always done it that way. This is not an acceptable uh, right. thing for me. But when, it, when if you say, hey, listen, I listened to Maurice Andre's recording and, and we did this, I'm like, okay, I will tell you this. Okay, my junior year of high school, I went to MacArthur High School and we did Maynard's MacArthur Park. <laughs> so uh, at the beginning where Maynard plays the melody up the octave, he does a little turn near the end of the line and he does exactly the same thing at the end. So I was doing essentially my best 16-year-old Maynard Ferguson impression. That's all I was really doing, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I in this room, I still have the cassette of one of the judges. Like, you know, we got the old judge with Mike Bendrick that you're going to want to hear this. And one of the things he said is, huh, you know, you played that melody exactly the same way at the beginning. You may want to think about changing that towards the end. I mean, why would you play it exactly the same way twice? And, of course, all I was thinking is, as a 16-year-old, because that's how Maynard played it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how else would you do it? That's the right. reference. Duh. But what he said does make musical sense. You don't have to play the exact same way. You could vary it a little bit there. It never occurred to me as a 16-year-old because I was playing right along with the record, trying my best just to come close to anywhere near what that sounded like on the record. Mm-hmm. But it was good advice. But I was I don't think I really, I, I know I didn't hear it at the time. Sure. Isn't that the broke player's advice? Never the same way twice? Right. Can be, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, that's the expectation. The repeat, it's right? got to have the ornamentation, right? Yeah, yeah, all over the place. So the, I think this is it. You know, start. Part of it is just giving yourself context originally, right? There's 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 this broader context that you put together from outside sources, but then, man, that next level is getting to the place where you're sort of freewheeling and making those decisions. And like, mm-hmm. folks that play as much as we do, maybe we can make those decisions on the fly. I mean, Joey, you do so many things where you are just dropped into that situation to play. <laughs> You're, you're playing in an informed way, and one of the reasons you've been successful is that you're informed about a lot of different things. You, I, if you think I try about that, to be, right. Y- yeah, yeah, you have information about, that's why you can sit in an orchestra and do one thing, you can sit in a big band the next day, you can walk into a recording studio the next. You have all that information locked and loaded. Are you calling me old right now? Yes, I'm trying yeah, to find very, a way, Barry. The other, the other thing that I, I, um, I love about listening um, to great trumpet players is they'll make me forget they're playing the trumpet. Mm. I mean, it's so <laughs> it's true. so amazing. It just sort of transcends that. Like if you listen to that Nick Karyakoff No Limit recording, or even some of the stuff that's been posted on his Instagram feed. I just forwarded something to Joey, and I mean, it's yeah, I'm listening to music. it. You can't. Yeah. It yeah. is. It's amazing music making. Yeah. Um, and uh, and such musical investment and risk taking. Bill, you and I saw that uh, Tom Hooten recital at Delaware uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, and he right. was, I mean, he took risks 
every turn of the page, mm-hmm. totally invested dynamically, musically. Um, and it was, it was quite thrilling um, yeah. to listen to that, not just because it was great trumpet playing, because he was really invested, risk-taking, music-making. Right. Yeah, that which, which indicates that you're willing you're willing to kind of go freely. You know, you're, you're, you're doing that at the time. You're kind of in the moment. You're using the information you have, and you're making music in the moment. And that's always appealing, right? Of course. Yeah. But let's, always appealing. let's not, you know, ignore the, the spectacle of wow that sometimes can just be absolutely thrilling. You know, the first time right. I saw Maynard, I was in seventh grade and literally walked away going, I didn't know we could do that. Yeah. You know, no, you that just, was possible. Yeah, you see some st- I saw uh, Dizzy Gillespie with John Faddis in the Blue Note when I was 18 years old (laughs) and just walked out like, holy moly, that was amazing. You know, and you, you know, so sometimes there's just a wow factor that totally makes that you're totally aware it's trumpet playing. And you're just like, holy, I didn't know that could even be done. And that's just, there's a wow factor that that is, is also great. I think that goes in it. Vizzuti yeah. doing Carnival Venus at live at the uh, ITG in Denver, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He, he stops because he's like, every, he stops playing and he just giggles. He's like, this is just stupid. And then everybody's like, yes, and it's amazing. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, yeah and right. unbelievable, yeah. That goes, in, that goes in that greatness pile as well. Sure. sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that stuff's incredibly inspirational, right? Yeah. 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 I love uh, the, all the ca- then the Karyakov thing I've talked about before, I heard him at, in Banff at ITG when he did that whole cello thing. With orchestra, oh, right. like, come yeah. on, that's not even, and that's the one where you go, you know, a lot of players think, well, I really need to be accurate. That is job one, right? Okay, well, that's really great. Accurate playing is awesome, um, but come on, right? Like, say yeah. something. Say yeah, something. and it drives and, me crazy when somebody plays something really great, great sound, great time, great pitch, um, gr- and and everything's right in its space, and every note is the same, and you think, well. It's in a meter. Not every note is the same. Like there's right. inflection. There's a sentence there. You should, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it's kind of boring to hear to hear that. And it really well, does separate players. So let me ask you guys this, because I've heard people say this before. You know, they're talking about the progress of putting a piece of music together, and it's like I've heard this phrase of, "Well, let me get all the notes right and get all that fixed, and I'll start making music with it." No. Right. No. <laughs> why like, would you? Why would you wait to start making music? Right. Like. Look at what it is. Consider what it is. You're capable of reading. You're fluent in this language. Now make a decision. Like, build it in from the beginning, right? Because I have certainly said to students, well, that's most of the right notes in the right order. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If it's a piece of music, you should always be approaching it with the idea of playing musically, even if you are still trying to just work out notes. But this gets right back to, and we've talked about this before, practicing slowly doesn't mean practicing without music. Right. <laughs> right. It actually right. allows you more time to actually make those decisions and execute those musical decisions. So and then you're, you're not practicing, just notes. you're practicing and trying on different musical inflection as you learn the piece. Right. Like when you're learning it, you may really like this note in this phrase. And then as you learn it, you're like, well, that's really not where I should be going. I should be going to a few notes later or a few notes before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can flex that as you as you learn. And you need to flex that muscle all the time to make those decisions. And I think mm-hmm. this is where it gets to phrasing, right? So when you get this, yeah. when you're working musically, there are some times as you're learning where, well, this is the only way I can get through it. But after you get <laughs> yes. to a point of saying, okay, I own this to a certain level, okay, how do I want to get through it? 
is yep. a much better question. You mm-hmm. know, make that musical decision of, you know, it'd be great if I could really make this phrase go from here to here and really have that happen. All right, let's try that now. You know, let's really make that decision of how I want it to be, not how I can get through it. That's not a good enough question. Well, don't do we run into this when you hear students play excerpts, right? And you go, that person has never played that excerpt with an ensemble. Right. Be- because, right. right, if you had, or even if you had listened to it, you would know that everyone slows down there and that yeah. you stretch that and that you wait for this downbeat, right? Those are all those things. That's that's being informed at that level. Right, yeah, you know, sure. Again, why you would play with a recording so you know how it goes. Right. There is a way that a lot of things, in a, in a ballpark of, it goes like this. There is a musical statement there that you need to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah, great playing. It's 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 really cool now to be back and and uh, you know because we're we're live and in person just as you guys are and w- what a difference. Of course, we were last year too, but just to have that luxury again of just being in the room with someone mm-hmm. and catching that nuance and being able to have that conversation and and to know too like who really thought about it, who really had a great summer, who really put it together, you know, and to right. hear those differences musically. Absolutely, so good stuff. Great time of year to kind of get all that defined for ourselves. All right, boys. It's time for No Offense. I think we have to follow up this conversation by saying, no no offense, but if you're just getting all the notes right, no offense, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, right back to what you just said. Well, I'll just learn the notes first. Nope. Nope. Well, I'm, I didn't miss any notes. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Your accurate playing qualifies you for the no offense category. (laughs) 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 Congratulations on getting everything right. Fail. Yes. Now I don't ever want to hear you play like that again. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I I remember just a quick story. I remember um, going to take a lesson with Pete when I was, I was teaching here um, at Rowan and I was um, going to do a recital in Beijing. And so I was preparing and, uh, and so I thought I should go up and play the play the list for, you know, my recital for Pete. So I called him up. He said, yeah, come up. So it's a two-hour drive to Pete's place. It's about to get a lot longer, right, because he's yeah. moving to Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah, yes, we, he let's is. Let's take a second to wish Pete a happy retirement. Yeah. Yes, Pete. Congratulations yeah. to Pete. A, a, a very distinguished career at the Metropolitan Opera and <laughs> heading towards Albuquerque. So he can go keep an eye on Marciando for us. Yes. That's right. Someone and needs to. Marci- yeah, <laughs> he needs help out there. So I drive the two hours and uh, get there at 10 o'clock. Um, for 10 o'clock lesson, go down the basement. The first thing I play for him is Hanukkah and Trotta. I basically played a couple notes and then just sawed Hanukkah and Trotta down. I think I missed my first note on the third page. And I was like, I'm totally killing this. And Pete he said, wow, you are playing the S out of the trumpet, and that is boring as hell. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Four mm. hours round trip for that, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was right. You know, it's a great, I a great lesson. It, however, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, I remember there, there was an opening in the President's Own, right? So it was this big cattle call. Like everybody went to D.C. and we had just uh, had Barry Stoner out, who was in the band at the time. He just come out to IUP and was a guest soloist, and he said, "You should really come and do this. It'll be a great experience for you. You should take the audition." Napoli was on the list. I had played it on a recital. Like I had, I, so I, I went for it. And of course, failed miserably. Didn't even get out of the first round. But anyway, I remember being in that room with more hammerhead trumpet players than I had ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Doing like, you know, it was a free-for-all in there. Yeah. Lip trills and double Cs and the whole thing. And I remember this guy sitting in the corner w- with a cornet. 
and he was sitting there with his legs crossed and he was just very quietly playing like they couldn't even hear him and in the mayhem that was in that room <laughs> yeah. uh yeah uh, he advanced yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know but a yeah. whole bunch of other people didn't um yeah you can there was music making going on there he was right. definitely informed gotta have the whole package know? yep the whole thing <laughs> well listen boys this is a great start we are back season two is underway but that should do it for today we've come to the end of our first episode of season two thanks for joining us on the open bell now listen we've got a full docket ready to go for this season but if there's something you want to hear us talk about let us know chances are we'll completely ignore you you know and just do what we've got planned but you can take your shot you know so listen stay tuned tell your friends to buckle up season two has begun so long from now remember to keep an open mind but more importantly an open bell Bye.